What's up, Playlisters? Brian from Playlist Wars here. Just want to let you know that while this show is on hiatus, both Gomez and I have separate shows that are part of the Playlist Wars extended universe, if you will. Gomez has the Sleevy G Show, which you can find at SleevyGPodcasts.com. And I have a new show entitled My Weekly Mixtape, which you can find over at MyWeeklyMixtape.com. Both shows are also available on all podcast platforms just by searching Sleevy G Show or My Weekly Mixtape. And Playlist Wars will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for your continued support of the show. Hey guys, this is Mark Churjanowski from Sister Hazel, and you're listening to Playlist Wars. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Playlist Wars, everybody. I'm part of the dynamic duo. My name is Gomez, and I have my partner in crime, Brian Colburn, with our special guest, G Love from G Love and Special Sauce. How's everybody doing tonight? What's up? What's up? G, thank you so much for joining us, man. Hey, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Alex. How you guys doing? We're doing great. It's such an honor to have you on the show. Been fans for many decades and very excited to have you on to uh, now go to war with you over one of your <laughs> albums. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to be losing this war. I mean, I'll be happy whichever ways it goes. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, we have a feeling the odds are stacked against us here, but Gomez and I are willing to take this challenge on. Okay. Big time, big time. <laughs> now, before we get started, I did want to talk to you about the album that we're highlighting, and that is your 2020 album, The Juice. I'd love to ask how you feel the record, which was co-written and produced by yourself along with Keb Mo maybe compares and contrasts to the other albums in your catalog, maybe in the recording or production of the album or just in the music itself. Yeah. Um, this record was, yeah, the, it was all about the journey kind of reconnecting with Kebmo and kind of um, going into what I think of as a masterclass in the blues and also in music and in the recording process and the songwriting process. So it's it really a like kind of, going back to school in a way um and, and kebmo is a very um you know he's he's a wonderful producer he's had a very successful career we started our careers the same year um in 1993 we both were signed by michael kaplan at um epic records and together we launched the okay record label or i should say we we, we relaunched the okay and that's what o-k-e-h Yep, yep. And that was a record label that was under the Columbia Records blanket, which started in the 30s. It was called like a race. Uh, they would put out race records, meaning records by African-Americans. So actually they had to put out Robert Johnson. They put out um, Billy Holiday wow. and just a, a lot of the most important kind of artists of, of the century. So yeah, it was a real honor to, to do that and along with Kevin. So we did that in 1993 and that year we, we got to know each other a little bit and got to do some shows together. And then, you know, we kind of went off in our own directions and, you know, we didn't really reconnect till about 20 years later, we, we, we did a tour together and, you know, there was no, you know, there was a lot of love there. And um, so we, we got to do our thing and we talked about, you know, possibly getting together and doing a project. And um, yeah, so I said, after the tour, I, I went home for the summer. I was working on some tunes, and I said, "Hey, hey, Kev, uh, you want to do that a duet record?" 
And he goes, oh, man, gee, I, I just did it. I can't do a do it record because I just did this a record with Taj Mahal. Yep. And that was another award record right, called Taj Mahal. Uh, and that record really cleaned up and a lot of people loved it. It was a wonderful record. But he said, look, I'd love to produce you. So why don't you come down to Nashville? So I said, okay, man. So he said, well, look, I want you to send me your five most sincere songs that you're working on. I thought, well, man, that's kind of funny. Like, you know, you think about as a songwriter, you're trying to, all your songs are sincere, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I said, uh, all right, well, I sent him the five tunes I was working on. And, you know, of course, I felt connected and sincere about them. And so I, I sent them to him. And then a week went by, I didn't hear anything. And another week went by, I didn't hear anything. I said, all right, man. Hey, Kev, did you get the uh, you get the songs? And he just replied back, yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. Okay, cool. What did you think? And he goes, I think you need to work with a songwriter. <laughs> so I said, all right, you know, like I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. Like I got, you know, my skin's growing thick about these things. So I said, all right, cool. So, you know, then I was on the plane down to Nashville working with this old timer named Gary Nicholson. And we wrote this song, Fix Your Face. And then that was the first time we worked with Kev. And I'm, I'm almost going to finish talking. So and I'll give you a sense of how this, the session was. So the first night we go in the studio to cut this song we wrote called Fix Your Face. So we put down the music and then, all right, cool. All right, G, you ready? Let's try a vocal, right? All right, so the song was called Fix Your Face. Fix Your Face, all you need is a little smile, right? So, so he goes, all right, let's see. Fix your face, baby. Hold on, G, not like that. Not like that. Like this, G. Fix your face, baby. All right, I'll let me try. Fix your face, but no, 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 no. So <laughs> this went on like every line. So around two thirty in the morning, I'm looking, looking around the room. It's me and these two, like you know, 65, 70 year old guys. I'm like, these guys are going all night long. Like we used to go in the '90s. I'm like, holy shit! And Ken made me do every, every line like that. Like it was so meticulous. I was like, man, this guy's is crazy. So. And yeah, we got the vocal finally, and he was really meticulous about it. So the next morning, I came in and um, I go, "Man, you guys really went late last night." He goes, "Yeah, you know, we were just f-ing with you, right? Just if you're here to work." <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, oh man! Yeah, so oh, but so that's Kevin. Like, he's got a sense of humor, but he's got a strong work ethic. And he's a real teacher, and that was what the whole record was about. And and I did, I learned, you know what I mean. And then we, we got the Grammy nomination. So it was the, the whole process was meticulous like that. Every, every, like no stone was on term, right? Like every lyric, every phrasing of every vocal performance, every performance by anybody that came in the studio was gone over by a fine tooth comb with, with, by Kevin. And, and, and the, the proof is in the pudding, yeah. Well, let's get down to it. I'm excited to talk about the juice. Before we get down to business, we'd also like to send a huge welcome to all of our new Patreon subscribers. If you'd like to support the show and become a Patreon member, it's quite easy. Head over to patreon.com slash playlist wars and select a tier that works best for you. As we've said before, tonight our topic is G-Love's 2020 album, The Juice, and we've each individually created a playlist with our top four favorite songs from that album, which we're labeling Side A, Side B, Side C, and Side D, as if this was a double LP set. As like our full-length episodes, none of our picks have been shared between the three of us prior to now. 
Throughout the episode, we'll each reveal our side A's through side D's one by one and craft what we each feel is the perfect Juice playlist. After the episode, we turn it over to you, the Playlister family, to vote via PlaylistWarsPodcast.com to decide once and for all which one of us got it right. Also at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com, you can listen to each of our playlists, just in case you want to quote-unquote hear where we're coming from with our choices. Fair warning, G, I always lead into our picks with somewhat of a dad joke. I'm a father or two, so please don't hang up at this part. But I love, I love. Playlisters, it's time to sit back, relax, and crack open a cold beverage so we can start churning some juice. And we're going to let the man behind the music kick things off. G, why don't you lead things off tonight with your side A? Okay, so my first song is Soul BQ. To me, this is the song that I wanted the, the whole record to start off with uh, as, as a recording artist, but also as a, a showman, an entertainer. I was looking for a song to me that, that would kind of start, that I could start the show with, right? And that, that was the line. Uh, it starts with, come on into my house. So in my mind, I'm imagining like, you know, people like coming into the venue and I'm going, come on into my house, you know, and let me, and then it proceeds to be, I'm, I'm hosting your party. So tell me what you're drinking. Let me fix you something to eat. You know what I mean? But we're really talking about like soul food and, the, the music and and then you don't need no invitation just drop on by you know what i mean so it was all about just inviting people to the party and it's also dear to my heart because at our spot we have bonfires and it's like that like people just come by and we got the smoker going and we're cracking the beers and smoking the doobies and the kids are running around and the dogs are running around and, and it's a soul barbecue so that that was that's my first choice that's an excellent choice because you know why? I started my list actually with Soul BQ. Okay. <laughs> so truly love the song. What I loved about it, it was the the elements of the song, hearing the uh, the organ in the background, which is something I, I don't hear a lot anymore. That's what caught my ear right off the bat was hearing the organ play and the way you were singing, come to my house. The party's over here. You know what I mean? I'm all about bonfires and barbecue and before COVID hit. People will come over, drink the beer, have the kids running around. But I love the the way you have you worded everything in this song too, which is really awesome, awesome, awesome. And it has that true sense of all types of music, like the blues, the jazz, the rock, soul, a little bit of the hip hop grooves, all that stuff. And I'll tell you, it was probably like I said, my number one to start off for Soul BQ. It was a great, great song, man. Right on. Well, I love it because my side A, Gomez, we are getting something is very rare on Playlist Wars. Wow. We've got ourselves a bingo because my side A is also Soul BQ. Okay, nice. Man, this song, I've been a fan of G-Love and Special Sauce since the 90s. And this song just has that G-Love groove to it that just brings you right home. There's such... I'm going to say the word three times to describe the same damn thing, but the groove in this song, man, it just hits you and it never lets go. And the song delivers this message of bringing people together and enjoying life. Whereas so much right now is about people doing the opposite of that. And that just makes me feel good. And sometimes music, when it makes you feel good, really goes the extra step. Now, one thing I love to do on Playlist Wars is talk about cover songs. 
this album just came out in 2020, so there are no cover versions available. But on G Love's 2021 holiday release, coming back home for Christmas, <laughs> there's a reimagining called Freeze BQ. <laughs> So it. that counts as a cover version. Okay. And that version is awesome because it puts you in the Christmas spirit with the same vibe. I absolutely love it. My track, a soul book, you know, I do want to ask one thing G about this song, the presence of Roosevelt Collier on the song. Oh man. Can you tell me what you felt he brought to this song after you, you kind of put it all together? Well, it's funny because Kevin Mo did the same thing. Like Roosevelt plugged in. And uh, Roosevelt's a real, a true master of his instrument. And then I saw Kevmo going in to mess with his amp, and I was like, oh, no, Kev, don't do it, man. <laughs> don't mess with Roosevelt's amp. <laughs> and I was like, waiting. For, and Roosevelt's the sweetest guy. Kev's the sweetest guy, too. But it, it was cool because I, it was like Kev was my father. And I was like, Kev, don't, don't embarrass me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, but it was cool because Roosevelt – usually tends to just like turn every knob up to 10. That's what he says. He's like, I just turn everything all the way up. And then he uses a guitar to like, to really hone in his sound. But uh, Kev was like, let's just tweak it a little bit. Like that. It was cool to watch them work on, on its own. And Roosevelt actually was very receptive and appreciated it. It was cool, was a cool moment. But um, yeah, Roosevelt, um, yeah, you know, it was, it was really cool, man. It was serendipitous. He was coming through Nashville to play a show and, uh, you know, I asked him if he was coming through, could we get him on? And, and he just happened to come through and, you know, he, he did like sound check at the venue he was playing. And then, um, excuse me, jammed out to Kev's in Franklin, Tennessee, and, you know, plugged in, let it rip, maybe did two or three passes of the take and probably used the first solo, you know what I mean? So we, we ended up uh, using mostly the, the outro solo, but, yeah, Roosevelt's one of my favorite um, guitar players that I've ever gotten experience to watch and, and you know, actually jam with as well. And uh, he's a wonderful, wonderful musician and just one of the kind of great unsung, you know, up not up and coming because he's, he's, but just kind of a modern day blues man, contemporary guy. He must be in his 30s or 40s, but he's got a lot lot of lot of stories to tell coming out of that guitar room yeah he's amazing i think underrated is the key word i would yeah, use for yeah. him yes that's what that's thank you all right g well now we're handing the record back to you to hear what your side b track okay. is okay so um from a side b track you know i'm gonna i'm gonna it's a tough one but i think i'm gonna man i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to fix your face which was uh the tune that kind of started the record out. And, um, you know, I, I love the album version. The album version's cool to me because Kev Mo actually plays the lead guitar solo. And, um, you know, not a lot of people realize how much of a badass guitar player Kev is because he's so understated in his approach to most things. Uh, but he can really rip a lead guitar solo and he does on that track. And I, I just think about, um, for me, just the recording process of that of that vocal track being as that was the first song we wrote and being as how that's probably the most you know kind of pure blues song on this record which is a contemporary blues record uh, but it does have a lot of different flavors in it but this is a real blues song so kind of a fix your face and the message of it too fix your face 
It only takes a little while. You don't need no paint and powder. All you need is a little smile. <laughs> that is an awesome, awesome line. I actually like that line, but I didn't pick that song for my for my part B. I actually uh, picked a song. I feel that I might connect with you with family and stuff uh, with this one, but I chose for my track B, She's the Rock. Okay. And I'll tell you, that, means, that song means a lot because it sounds like my wife. Okay. I, I met my wife through match.com and got married and we have two kids too. I got a one-year-old and a five-year-old and they mean the, the world to me, but I'll tell you, my wife is literally, she is my rock. Right. And one of the lines that I love in your song was she never lets me fail when I'm failing. She picks me up and dusts me off and put it this way. There was at one point last year in my life, I tore my MCL, on my knee. Oh, I, man. I, I couldn't go to work. I was out of work for two and a half months mm. and she picked up all my slack. Mm. Um, you know, the only thing I was able to do was feed the baby. I was about to say literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. She, I had to feed my, you know, my newborn son. She had to do a lot of this stuff for us. And that's why we're, I feel that my wife has that superpower and she is my rock right um, to everything. So for me, this song had a lot of meaning to me and I, I truly, truly appreciate this song a lot. So for me, Track B, she's the rock. Mm. Thank Man, you. And I, and, and I feel guilty, Gomez, because as much as I love my wife, what? this song did not <laughs> make the list. So I hope I know my wife is my rock. I just hope she's not holding one right now because I might get hit with it. <laughs> is she behind the curtain with a rock right now? <laughs> no, she is not. <laughs> so unfortunately, as much as I love the song, it did not make my list. Gee, did she's the rock make your list? Yes, I, I was going to put it uh, next. And it's interesting because I told you how I was working with Keb. And that vocal example was just an example of a vocal performance. But it was like that on all the songwriting as well. Right. So um, this was the only song that I brought to the session that Keb was like, gee, this song's going to pay for the college. This song's going to pay for your kids' tuition. Now, um, that being said, um it it, it didn't <laughs> <laughs> yet. but uh and, and honestly i there's some things about the recording not kind of the a little bit of the arrangement and some of my performance that i that i wish i could do again but to me that song's really blossom in a live setting and um the message of it and just like what alex says perfect because that's what I get out of it. And that's what I hope that anybody else gets out of it, just to be able to give something to their better half. And so I, whenever I, I, I play a song now, like on most of my shows, and when I play it, I say, I'm gonna, this song wrote for my wife, Kelsey, I'm gonna invite you guys to send it to your better halves, you know what I mean? And um, so that's really the sentiment of it is to celebrate our better halves and um, to give props. So, you know, to me, that's, yeah, it's it's a beautiful moment of the show, and yeah, so I'm glad that it got across in the record because, to me, like the the live version of that song in particular, uh, really shines. And um, but I think the recording is good as well. It's just that I think it's a little bit produced up. I think it's almost better stripped down to like solo acoustic to really get the lyrical content. And also, I rearranged the live version um, so that it goes 
verse, 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 verse. And then it goes to that bridge, which is the lyric that Alex liked, which is she picks me up when I'm falling. Uh, or she, she never let me fail. And uh, yeah, so that's it, what it is, man. It, props to, the, to our better halves. You know what I mean? Yeah, big time on that. I fully agree. Yeah, and I do, I do completely echo that. I apologize to my other half as well as to you, G, for not having it on my play. This is the part of the playlist wars thing where there's guilt, and now I have to look at the artist who wrote the song and apologize. <laughs> no, because like it, but but that just shows me that like, um, yeah, like it, it's funny how songs are like in in the recording process. Like you have certain songs that you come in that you feel super strong about, and you might not capture the essence of what you're trying to get across in the studio for whatever reason. And, um, and then some songs that you didn't think much about could really turn into something really super special when it goes to recording. So it's really interesting part of recording. And then it's also a reason why if you look back at like our whole catalog or whatever, and you could say, if you know, like the bootlegs or the out like live songs we play that never made records, like, why is that a record? Well, we tried. It didn't, it didn't come across on the on tape, you know what I mean? Yeah, completely. All right, so we're moving on to my side B here, and I'm going to go with a song that I felt was the most fun track on the album, and that says a lot because the entire album is fun, but this one just grabbed me as the party anthem on it, and the frantic vocal phrasing throughout the song just, grabs me as a singer songwriter okay. myself and i'm going with shake your hair okay. <laughs> i love this song it feels like a funk driven delivery that almost feels like an homage to it's the end of the world as we know it by rem like and, and to me i love that delivery it just it grabs your attention and never lets go it's it's just so much fun and to go along with it, the animated video is so awesome. Oh, right Whoever on. did that was just unbelievable. I'd love to know, first off, if it made either of your playlists and then about how these animated videos came together for this album. Uh, well, for me, no, it did not make my list. Okay. Uh, okay. But another, it's a great track again. Where, like how Brian said it, the guilt is there because if I had an honorable mention, that would be it. It was a fun tune. Like you said, it's like the party anthem. But I went with with my tracks more like what I what I was feeling for the song and how the song persuaded in my life. Right. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, like I said, gee, you, the album's unbelievable. The whole album's great. The, picking four songs from one album. This was one of my hardest ones to do. Cool. Well, I mean, so, man, so um, now I feel bad that I picked Fix Your Face. <laughs> Actually, now that I think back to the writing and recording process. This was along with the title track, The Juice. This was kind of the first song that I wrote about that was written to kind of start this whole body of work for me. And um, you totally nailed it, um, Brian. Like I wanted to do a flow like it's the end of the world as we know it, awesome. or subterranean homesick blues. And even, you know, Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire. It's not one of my yeah. favorite tunes of all time, but it has that thing, you know what I mean? But mostly subterranean, homesick blues, and, and it's the end of the world as we know it by R.E.M. So, um, yeah, the concept behind the song was that, like, while we're living in a totally, totally polarized world right now with politics and everything, and the, at the end of the song, we come to the fact that it goes, uh, 
North Korea, China too, soon nothing's up to you. Ain't no need for argument. We all love Chinese food. So I'm just, so that was the whole, originally it was called Chinese food, right? Because that was the whole thing was that like everyone's battling about, you know, politics and this and that. And at the end of the day, like, yo, we're all gonna be taken over by China. This is a tongue in cheek kind of situation, right? But that that was the the over the general thinking of, the, of that song, Shake Your Hair. So yeah, that was the flow. And then actually originally I didn't have the little break. So it was just like one long, each verse was like more condensed without the breaks in it. And then Gary was like, why don't you break those little verses up, G? And I thought it was a good idea. So that's what we did. Um, but yeah, this was a it's a different song for me. And um, this is one that um, that we do live with my my new band, The Juice. And it's super up-tempo, like you said. It's super almost frantic, as you said. <laughs> and last thing I'll say about the song, it was another wonderful Kevmo moment in the studio because originally the chorus went, throw your hands up in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And that was all I had. And Kev said, all right, throw your hands up in the air and wave them like you just don't care. And shake your hair. <laughs> That's awesome. kind of made it from something that was like, you know, a vanilla ice cream to vanilla ice cream with sprinkles. <laughs> Which is awesome. Love it. He, it was just an example of Kev really tuning in. And another notable fact is that Kev's wife, Robbie, sings on the chorus as well as Kev Mo. Oh, so awesome. it was, we had a lot of fun making that track. Awesome. Now, uh, I had mentioned earlier the animated videos that were done. Did you have any kind of direction in those? So that's this artist named Andre Solar. And um, actually, we just dropped an NFT together that was based on the Juice uh, animated videos because we did animated videos for Soba Q, the Juice, Go Crazy, and Shake Your Hair. And um, they're awesome. And basically, he, he kind of came up with like his own twist on the Looney Tunes thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, he showed us his idea at first. Is uh, that's that's awesome, man. I go with that, and he just crushed it on all the videos. And yeah, so we just dropped an NFT. So if anybody out there is into the crypto space, you can go to nft.philadelphonic.com or we're on OpenSea. Juice Gang is the name of the NFT. Awesome, awesome. Now, over the years, G, you've been able to collaborate with a ton of iconic artists. Uh, one of my favorite was when you guessed it on Blues Traveler's Cover Yourself album on oh. Just For Me, as well as Jack Johnson. We've talked about Keg Moe, Citizen Cope. You have Marcus King on The Juice, Robert Randolph. Are there any artists on your personal bucket list that you'd love to collaborate with in the future? Man, you know, Brian, it's like, I've been collaborating with so many people and um, actually, well, you know, we just finished a new project this past year. My next record is called Philadelphia, Mississippi. And so my old time collaborator, uh, Philadelphia legendary musician and, and pro skateboarder, Chuck Treese, uh, we, we together voyaged down to Mississippi and we went into the studio uh, with Luther Dickinson from the North Mississippi All-Stars. Nice. His father, Jim Dickinson, produced my second record in 1995. And so we did this record, which was a collaboration of the Philadelphia hip-hop blues sound and the Hill Country and Delta blues sound. So we had a lot of young and upcoming artists on it. And... Um, 
but also some old timers. But um, if you guys know the blues at all, like Cam Kimbrough, who's Junior Kimbrough's grandson, Sharday mm-hmm. um, Thomas, who's Other Turner's granddaughter, the Fife player, Trenton Ayers from the Cedric Burnside band, Luther Alvin Youngblood Hart, wow, um, Takari Jackson from Southern Avenue, Kingfish Ingram. Oh yeah! Um, wow, John Tavius Willis, and this old timer named R.L. Boyce. So that was a wonderful collaboration for me to get to sit around—not sit around, but get to play a whole evening session with this guy. Man, we drank a bottle of whiskey, and man, we we really played some blues. And I backed him up on the harmonica, so we got him on the record. Plus, we made a whole record of his that's just waiting to be gone through. Once we get this out, but, oh, and also on a new record I collaborated, we, we brought it back home on the overdubs to have some Philadelphia hip hop legend, Schooly D's on the record. Oh, wow. Speech from Arrested Developments on the record. Whoa. And Freddie Fox is on the record. Um, wow. NYC rapper. So Damn. this was a real hip hop blues culmination. And um, so that's what I'm going to go up for my collaboration. But collaborations the, the the ultimate point is that it's just like i always related to if you're having a family dinner versus you're having guests over right so your family dinner you know everyone's being sloppy and arguing and having you know what just what families do not arguing but just you know carrying on and then when you have guests over everyone's on their best behavior and you know trying to impress it's kind of like that in the studio when you bring in a special guest you know everybody including the special guest wants to shine and, and everybody really brings their a game. So something about getting out of your comfort zone, doing something with someone that you respect and letting them take you on a voyage. And, and, and it's just, it's unbelievable. That's absolutely awesome. All that right. Is awesome. So we are now moving on to side C G you had, she's the rock for your yep. side C. Yeah. So Gomez, what are you dropping for side C? So side C for me, I went with Birmingham featuring Robert Randolph and Kev Mo. Awesome. Everything about the lyrics that you said in this song, I felt like when I was going through my hard times when I, uh, I, I lost my, my dad. And I just felt something with this song, like it meant something for you too, per, on a personal level, in a deep personal level, which that's what I attracted me to this song very highly. And I'll tell you, uh, one of the lines is, so I close my eyes one more time, shut it out. I'm free. I've been released and I'm out. Mm. And I'll tell you, that's such a powerful line and such a true meaning. Cause when right before I met my wife, I finally let go that my dad was gone and I felt like I was free to. And that's when I, I started realizing a lot of great things were happening. And I tell you, it, it's just a true True, awesome line. And this song, like I said, I pick songs that resonates in my life and it meant a lot to me. And this is one song I would say it does. And this is my track, C Birmingham. Right on. Well, I love the pick, Gomez. I actually close my playlist with Birmingham. Wow. This song that- means a lot to me. Wow. I am a huge fan of Robert Randolph as well as UG Love. So to have you two on a track together, this was the song when I first got my hands on the album, I had to play first. I had oh, to hear okay. this song first wow. and it just hit me. And I was like, all right, now okay. I need to take in the album as a, as an entity. Wow. Hearing you two on a track together was amazing. This song just has this vibe that 
puts a smile on my face. And there's so much negativity in the world with everything going on between war and politics and, and, and COVID and, and everything else. Sometimes a good song just takes all that away and makes you put a big smile on your face. And that's what this song does for me. And that kind of vibe I thought was the perfect way to kind of close out my feeling of the album because it was the song I went to first. And I felt like it was the, for me, because I'm a fan of Roberts and yours, the combination together was a very long time in the making for me as a fan. And right. that was the pinnacle for me. And, and that takes nothing away from the other tracks on the album, but this is my side D I'd love to know if it makes your list G and if it didn't, I'd still love to know what it was like working with Robert Randolph on this song. So this, this one, man, you guys are killing me. I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I tell, the guilt is real, G. We deal I with this it. every week. <laughs> I mean, um, for, for one thing, this song did not make my playlist, and it certainly had nothing to do with Robert Randolph. I, again, I, I just think for me personally, and I'm glad that you guys didn't hear it, I, I just – I just struggled getting on this song and on She's the Rock. I really struggled getting a good, for whatever reason, I struggled catching a vibe and getting my, a vocal take that I was really, truly satisfied with. And this happens, man. It's, it's cool. The song was written by myself and Sam Hollander, and he was the only outside writer on the record. Sam is, uh, and actually, I, I, you not, we just, I had a writing session last night. We just started working on a kid's record. Oh, and awesome. he, you, you could Google him after our session here tonight because Sam Hollander is like one of the top songwriters of our, of our generation. He's got some mega, mega pop hits, including uh, High Hopes, Panic at Disco, you know, Make Your Hands Clap by Fits and the Tantrums, and a ton of other huge songs in a lot of different genres and he's a good buddy of mine anyhow we wrote that song together and um and if you listen to some of his other work then you'll hear kind of the cadence especially that five four three two one go so this was in my along with she's the rock kind of the two kind of pop poppier songs on the record but um robert of course i, I actually wasn't there for the for robert's overdub but I know him and Kevmo had a great time. And um, and Kev's vocal at the end of the track just really just makes tracks for me. But um, Robert's like, he's one of my best friends. And, and like, uh, we just hung out last week on the Almond Family Revival for a bunch of nights. And, and you know, we talk a lot. And, and you know, we, 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 we just would go for the first for the first five years that we knew each other. We never even played a lick. We would just go party and chase girls. And then finally, he called me up on stage um, uh, at the Langerado Festival in, in, in Florida. But like, you got to watch out because if Robert sees sees you on the side of the stage, he's going to call you out there on the stage. So don't let him see if you don't want to go on stage. <laughs> but he, he's the best. And um, he is you know, I've gotten the opportunity to play with so many wonderful guitar players and watch so many wonderful guitar players. But I mean, it's really something to watch and hear Robert play um, his guitar. And if you ever get a chance to see him live, it's, it's don't miss it. I've seen him five times. He is he, yeah. every single time. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. 
I also saw him on the Love for Levon tour or the show, the one-off at the Meadowlands Arena. I'm sorry, the IZOD Center in New Jersey, where he <laughs> threw down with Joe Walsh on stage side oh, by wow. side That's... during Up on Cripple Creek. It was like, wow. you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely incredible. And and hearing you two together, there's such a connection there musically. Yeah. And I love hearing this discussion because. This is a song that obviously Gomez and I resonated with, and I, yeah. I love it hearing the difference with yours. So yeah. up to my side C now, this is actually going to close me out because of my side D being Birmingham. My side C is go crazy. Okay. Again, <laughs> a breath of positivity in a world that's anything but right now. And to me, 2020 was a rough year. And I was looking for that kind of positivity in my music. And that's why these songs really stuck out to me. And the thing I love most about this song is maybe you're going to laugh when I use the word and I mean it in the <laughs> utmost compliment form. The song almost seems psychedelic woven okay. with blues and funk and the three on paper don't sound like they would oh. work. No, but uh, they do yeah. flawlessly. Oh, yeah. So I would love to know if that was the intent on this one and if it made your side D. Well, Brian, it did not. It did not. It did not make my side D. Again, this is, these are tough choices. And I have to go back and say that um, now I'm starting to regret putting Fix Your Face on it because I probably, <laughs> looking back, I think that it, Shake Your Hair should have been there or even Go Crazy. And the reason I put Go Crazy because that was the second song on the record anyhow, so. This was cool process because um, when we did this writing process, like for instance, Solbicue Kemo said, just play, play like an E chord, like play what you play if you just pick up the guitar. So then I just started playing like that rhythm that ended up being a Solbicue thing. And go crazy, we were just kind of like, maybe it might've even been the same day we did Solbicue, which was super inspirational to me. And then Kev started kind of, let's try one more. And then Kev's like a, even as a blues guy, he's like a hip hop producer. He started, you know, on his computer, so making a beat and he puts together his bass line. And I'm thinking like, oh man, I don't know, man. I don't know about this, man. I'm starting to get like negative. Like I'm starting to be like, man, I think we should just stop for the day. You know, after we got solar cooler, we just stop. And then, Something all right, this track's all right, whatever. And then so Gary Nicholson. <laughs> I got I, I should have told you a better story with real picture face. He's a funny guy. He's like a like, like I'm from you guys are from Philly, so you know, like the Quakers and stuff. And they go things like, Would you like whole wheat or white bread with that? So Gary talks like that. Gary's like this old white guy. And he goes, Kevin, what about uh I got a line for you, Kevin. What about if I don't go crazy, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, man, that shit is whack. And uh, and then uh, so Kevin goes, oh yeah, I liked it. I'm like, man, I'm here with fucking senior citizens, man. <laughs> oh Jesus. And then, then Kevin's like, oh, I liked it. I like it. And I'm like, man, that's that's lame. If I don't go crazy, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm like, that's lame. I'm thinking to myself, that's lame. But I'm like, all right. So now Kev's got his funky beat going. And then he starts getting in the mic and he goes, if I don't go crazy, I'm going to lose my mind. So then he just like totally just brought everything home. And it was like, oh, shit. So then now 
now we got a chorus because Kev's like, see, you just keep singing it different. And it's like become super funky. It was another lesson in music, right? And um, and then like, yeah, like you said, like the the sentiment after everybody, well, we wrote we wrote this well before lockdown. Right, right. The sentiment we came out during that show was like, whoa. So then this is the even funnier part was then Gary started writing. Gary's like the blues. You can look him up, Gary Nicholson. He's won like a bunch of likes. He he works with a lot of blues guys like Buddy Guy and all these other guys writing their songs, their blues songs. And uh, so Gary wrote his first rap. So Gary started writing a rap. So that's why the cadence of the rap is like so old school. It's like flipping the channel, surfing the news, about to give this old boy the blues. Talking heads don't make no sense. So he came with this rap and he laid it down. I was like, man, that's awesome. And then I, so then basically like there was three verses and then I do the last. So you could tell the, the first three verses he wrote and then the last word I wrote because the flow is like a little different, you know what I mean? But yeah, it was pretty cool. So and ended up being the first single. So this is how it goes in the studio. Sometimes you never know what's going to happen, but ultimately like, yeah, that I love that tune and props to the old timers making their first rap. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Gomez did go crazy. Make your list. Oh God. No, it didn't. Unfortunately. All right. It's another, it's another great tune. I mean, it, it, I, but I, I went with another good song for my track D, but I'll explain later. Okay. So we're moving on to side D anyway, with my pick was Birmingham Gomez. I think we should let G finish the night off. So why don't you go with your side D first? Okay. And then because G started, we'll let him close with his last pick as well. No problem. Well, one song I did choose for my side D is digging roots. Oh, damn. So again, another great song. Uh, Alex, you're a sentimental guy. Thank you. And I'll tell you right now, as I have my family, as I got married and now I have two kids and I'll tell you the best line you said is, and I mean, this whole song is great, but for me, what resonates for me is I'm digging roots. I'm planting seeds, loving you, you loving me. So I feel like with my kids, this is something I'm doing with them. And it truly meant a lot. I, I am very sentimental, very original kind of a guy, I guess, you know, call me old school, you know, old school romance, all that stuff. You know what I mean? I believe in that. And I tell you, this song was such, had such a great beat, had a great flow. And for me, it was all about my kids for this song and my wife. Cause again, here it is. I got two lovely kids, my daughter, who's five. And I got my son who's one now. And it's like, I planted them and now I'm seeing them flourish and grow up into something. It's just a great sentimental song for me again. And this is what I love about it. I love the beat to it. And I'll tell you, track D for me, closing out my track list was Digging Roots. Obviously, my track list is closed. So not only do I not have She's the Rocket for my wife, the Digging Roots for the kids, I feel guilty. (laughs) Got a 13 and an eight-year-old. But regardless, they're both for every, this album is awesome. It is. And choosing four out of it, the sample size here is 12. All 12 are good. It's very hard to do that. If there were quote unquote throwaway tracks, which there aren't on this album, it might have been easier. But in this case, it's you're literally picking hairs here. And I love the fact that we have some differences. Yeah. So, gee, I'd love to know if Digging Roots made yours. And if not, 
what man, are you close tonight with? Man, I, I, again, this is another one that, um, I, after hearing, um, Alex's, uh, thank you for the lovely commentary on that. It, it's also a song that's so close and dear to my heart. Um, it was written just as a kind of day in the life, again, celebrating my family and just this new journey of my life, being happily married and raising a beautiful family with the dogs and gardening and all this stuff that even became more potent, you know, during the pandemic, you know, mm. and it's got a wonderful guitar solo by up and comer Ron Ortiz, uh, Hawaiian blues, blues player. But yeah, man, it didn't make my list. And again, it's a tough choice, but um, the, the, my, my, my closer for side D is the title track, the juice, because to me, this this song was uh, was everything, and uh, especially um, you know, th this song was a protest song, and um, you know, I, I without getting really like political tonight, you know, <laughs> it, it just was an important song for me to sing, to perform, to just have a voice out there that I felt strongly about, and um, and I, I think so. I think it was a timely song and it was also kind of timeless. And uh, it was also one of the most beautiful songwriting moments again with Keb Mo, um, because again, this is a, a protest song and this song is kind of about civil rights and uh, equality and positivity and to get to write this song. So I, I basically, and this was also, like I said, along with Shake Your Hair, these are the first two songs I wrote for this record. And it was kind of a knee-jerk reaction, you know, to politics in, in our era. And I took it to Kebmo, and I just basically had the one groove and the, and the verses. And so um, Kev said the juice. So, so he, he, it's really interesting to watch how his mind works. So then he came with the chord progression, which is now the, the chorus. And he goes, so, because I was just saying, we got the juice, and that was it, right? And so he said, well, we got the juice. And then he said, well, we got the love. And then I might have said, we got the dreams. And then he said, we won't give up. And we are the change. We had enough. We got the juice. And then we both said, or no, he said, time's up. And it was like, you know, it was like one of those moments as a songwriter where you almost just like fall on the floor because it just, you always hope for that um, when you're writing a song that the kind of, kind of verse takes you to the chorus and then, you, you know, you get to the chorus and you know, she's buying a stairway to heaven, you know, what I mean, or, or whatever that is like yesterday or whatever, whatever the greatness that you're trying to achieve as a songwriter. And to, to me, that was one of those moments of songwriting precision that, that, that happened with Kev and I, like with that chorus and the collaborative effect of the two of us writing together and also to write that song with a black man in 2017 you know, that he had lived through and come of age during the civil rights movement in Compton in Los Angeles and the things that he must have seen and experienced uh, in his lifetime. And to get to write like a protest song with, with, with Kev was, well, that was a really important moment for me. So, you know, that's a more serious note, but that's why I chose that song. <laughs> it, it, I, I love the story and sentiment behind it. Uh, musically, I do because I'm so glad you picked this one because I get to ask what the ad because I, I I'm a big music nerd and I follow a lot of artists. 
what was it like bringing Marcus King into the fold with this recording? Yeah, that, I that, mean, man, yeah, that's just like icing on the cake. And, and this was really cool too for Marcus, who's like a Southern, uh, Southern, you know, Southern rock, Southern blues kind of new. He's the guy, he's a generational talent. Uh, Marcus is, you know, like I heard about him before I met him. And I finally got to meet him again at, at the Langerado. No, no, at the Tortuga Fest in Fort Lauderdale. And I thought, and I was thinking, man, well, this guy is such a good guitar player, man. He must be a <laughs> <laughs> And I met him backstage and I was waiting for him to kind of have attitude, man. He's the sweetest guy, man. There's nothing but a smile on his face. And he's just the nicest, most genuine uh, guy. And you know, his guitar playing is, and his singing, everything. So anyways, we, we, we got to know each other on the blues cruise and spent some time on that cruise. And, you know, we just kept, kept in touch and he was really having a moment. And this is just how like, you know, just like humble and just cool he is. He was literally moving day, moving into his new house with his girlfriend in Nashville. And he, um, you know, cause he, he, He's like, I'm going to be home on the 22nd because we're moving in, you know, to the place. And then I'm playing, so, you know, because he's like, book, 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 book. And he came, snuck away to the studio for two hours. I wasn't there, but he worked with Kevin. And, yeah, he, um, wait, was it? No, I wasn't there. But he he, he went in and just, you know, he nailed it. Like, probably just one, one or two takes. And, you know, the solo's so, so nicely phrased. And he sang some background vocals. And it, just to have his name on the track as well was so huge so thank you marcus <laughs> awesome awesome so now we have all closed out our playlists <laughs> so now's the time where we're each going to run through our playlists one time side a through side d right. just so everybody could hear our perfect juiced playlists in okay. its entirety so g let's start with you okay we're going to go Solbecue, fix your face she's the rock and the juice gomez Track A, Soul BQ. Track B, She's the Rock. Track C, Birmingham. And closing it out for me, track D, Digging Roots. All right. And I went with side A, Soul BQ. Side B, Shake Your Hair. Side C, Go Crazy. And side D, Birmingham. We wow. had one trifecta <laughs> and one bingo in the same night. We all agree Soul BQ is the way to start this one off. I love it. But then... The three playlists go in different directions. So playlisters, it's up to you. Head over to playlistwarspodcast.com. Visit G Loves the Juice page and vote for which one of the three of us you think got it right. I think you got it right, Brian. Huh? <laughs> I think like if I'm if I'm listening to three track, four tracks that really cohesively go well together, I think your playlist is the best. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. It's okay. I, he doesn't get a lot of votes anyway. It's always, <laughs> especially when it comes from the artist. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's, that, he's, damn. He's he's turning red already. Well, to say I'm humbled by that. That thank you, G. As a fan for many many years. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> hey, I went the sentimental route. I oh, you know, I, I love that. You know, I for being a uh, like like he said, Brian's definitely the musical musical nerd he knows a lot about music he plays it he lives it where i listen to the music for other things besides you know i, I go for what what catches me from me 
and it goes for the soul, you know what I mean? So those four songs I picked out were perfect. You know what I mean? So, but again, everyone's got a different, I loved your list too more than Brian's actually. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, See, I got GB and, I, and then my best friend of 30 years. It's all devolving here. But this is, this is what I love about the show. You know, uh, everyone's got different opinions. It's the subjectivity of it all. That's the beauty of yeah. it. And then Brian, you, you have to love mine then because that would of make course. it easy. I love, all th- I love the album. So you, there's no song where you went, oh, well, you pick that one. Uh, I guess yeah. no, you can't do that. No, not, not in this album. All right, G. Well, before we close up shop for the evening, you've talked about Philadelphia, Mississippi. Hopefully when the album drops, we could have you back and do another Playlist Wars battle on that album. But why don't you tell people when it's going to be dropping, what news about it, what 2022 has in store, and what people can look forward to on your end. Let's hear what 2022 has in store. Right on. Well, first off, we'll be launching into our tour uh, you can get your tickets, philadelphonic.com slash tour. And we will be touring across this whole country. And we'll be touring January through March. So it's it's kind of the first time back on the road in an official capacity since the pandemic. Of course, we are having a spike in cases and sh- some sh- is getting canceled. But it is my intent to get on back on the road and, and make some people happy uh, and as, as be as safe as we can. Uh, so that's happening. Um, like I said, the, the new record is in the can and it is coming your way. Philadelphia, Miss, Mississippi, produced by Luther Dickinson, co-produced by Chuck Treese and myself. And I mentioned all the special guests, Schooly D, uh, Speech, Luther Dickinson, Cam Kimbrough, Takara Jackson, Trent Ayers, Freddie Fox. And a whole lot of Alvin Young Blood Heart. It's, it's the true hip hop blues record. That's going to be coming out in June of 2022. So we'll be, and then I'll be on a tour with OAR and Dispatch at the end of the summer. And yeah, we'll be coming through. Um, so to keep a lookout, if, you, if you're interested in the crypto world, go check us out on OpenSea. Juice Gang is the name of the NFT. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, at Philly G Love on Instagram, at G Love on Twitter, G Love and Special Sauce on Facebook, and Philadelphonic.com is the homepage. That's all I got. <laughs> G, this has been an absolute honor. Thank you so, so much for thank coming you. on Playlist Wars tonight, man. Yeah, yeah thank you guys too, and uh, all the best to your families and a happy new year. And um, yeah, just looking forward to. Uh, a great 2022. There's been a lot of, you know, positives in 2021 and a lot of tough times for a lot of people. And, you know, looking forward to turning a new leaf, as we say, into the new year and let's go. Game on, baby. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Gee, thank you for coming out. I really appreciate you taking the time out, spending the time. Brian, I got to thank you again for making the show the way it is. Without you, we would be a little lemon. I'm only kidding, <laughs> but I got to thank everybody. The playlisters, you guys are always important to us. So make sure you check us out on playlistwarspodcast.com. Also check out patreon.com slash playlist wars, pick a tier, jump on the show with us and to everybody. Good night and wait till another battle begins next week. You can find playlist wars on Facebook and Twitter at playlist wars on Instagram at playlist wars podcast on email at playlistwars at gmail.com or via voicemail at 201-644-6498. 
That's 201-644-6498. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review and be sure to tell a friend or multiple friends about the show. Until next time, thanks for listening.